Man, they letting yoga instructors in the gym now. Ball. I just noticed you're not getting enough legs on a new shot. Are you dehydrated? 100 bucks, you can't make more shots. Let's just do 300. It's not my dad's money. So I prefer Venmo or Zelle, but you seem like a cash app guy, so. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, you think you can slick, huh? Showing up to court dressed like a dumbass, acting like you can't hoop. You assumed I couldn't hoop because I'm white, which is incredibly outdated. No, I assumed you couldn't hoop because you were dressed like a white girl at Whole Foods. Every hooper I know is entering that big-ass tournament with a winner get 500000 I just need somebody who can play so I can make some money. You're joking, right? 500000 for one day of hoop. Welcome into the Bad Movies Worst Opinions podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. The only rule is we only watch movies that are rated a 6.0 or less on IMDb. Like us, review us, leave us a review, all those things that podcasters ask you to do. Today we are doing a special bonus edition of the podcast because they have made a remake for my favorite basketball movie, White Man Can't Jump. So, Rob, Patrick actually sent me a text about this like three weeks ago saying, hey, we need to do a review for White Men Can't Jump. And I was almost certain that people would review it below a 6.0. It got a 4.6 on IMDb. <laughs> Good Lord. That is so bad. <laughs> so this is normally where we would go through the box office, but this obviously doesn't have a box office yeah. because it is available on Hulu. So I have the original box office for the first White Men Can't Jump that week. Rob, number one, White Men Can't Jump. Number two, Basic Instinct. Mm. Number three, Wayne's World. Number four, My Cousin Vinny. And number five, Ladybugs. Wow. Very <laughs> 90s box office for White Men Can't Jump, which did debut at number one at $14 million. I love My Cousin Vinny. It's like one, one of my favorite movies. It's such a good film. I know that's not what we're talking about, but just the fact that it came in at three reminded me, God, I love that movie. <laughs> As we said, this movie is out on Hulu. This movie came out last week, May 19th, 2023. The cast, Sinqua Walls is Kamal. Jack Harlow makes his acting debut as Jeremy. These two are playing Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Lance Riddick is Benji, R.I.P. to Lieutenant Daniels. Tiana Taylor is Kamal's wife, Amani. Laura Harrier, she is playing Gloria in this movie. She is Jack Harlow's girlfriend, Tatiano. Miles Bullock is Renzo. Vince Staples is Speedy. Two very comedic, they were much needed in this film, mm -hmm. I thought. I thought they both certainly brought the laughs. Do you want to hear a Two Americas comment? You know what I know about Vince Staples? He is a reoccurring character on Abbott Elementary. I did not know anything else about Vince Staples other than that. <laughs> well, he is a, I don't know if I would consider him to be a popular rapper, but I literally have Googled him like, he raps. That's cool. He, he's a rapper that people like. I, nobody, I don't know anybody that dislikes Vince Staples. He's Let's, the Abbott Elementary guy to me. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Let's start with this before we really get into the movie. I think the reviews are overly harsh and overly critical of this movie. I do not love this movie. And I'm saying this as someone who the original is my favorite basketball movie. Yeah. I've read probably five or six reviews. I think the reviews are overly critical of this movie for basically not being the original. Yeah, I would agree with you. They're definitely overly harsh. I didn't think that it was a good movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie either. I think it's fine. It's not, yeah, I mean, it's forgettable. It's instantly forgettable. Me and Patrick talked about this before we started recording. I actually think they made an error in calling it White Man Can't Jump. If you called it literally anything else, literally any other name for a basketball film that hasn't been taken, if you just called it any other movie, I think the reviews would have been like, it's fine. It's like a 5-5 five, five or a 6. It's got a fun little story. Doesn't really do storylines great, but it's fun. It's different. It's a nice streamer watch. But the fact they called themselves White Man Can't Jump opened themselves up to harsh criticism when the movie is just whatever. It's not as bad as people say it is. 
the opening scene to me is where I realize what you're talking about, Patrick. This movie can be okay. It just isn't going to come close to the original. It also goes to what you just said, Rob. If you call it something different, I probably feel differently about it. So the movie starts with us meeting Kamal Allen. He's the number one high school prospect in the country. His dad is there. His dad's hand is shaking. So you notice something's a little bit off, but you, you'll learn this later in the movie. So then we fast forward to present day. We're at the gym playing some pickup ball where we meet Renzo and Speedy, who were telling Kamal about the two-on-two tournament, but he is very reluctant to play. We're also introduced to modern-day Woody Harrelson, Jack. Harlow shows up. He is playing Jeremy. Well, Jeremy starts to critique Kamal's basketball form, and a shooting contest ensues. I just noticed you're not getting enough legs underneath your shot. Are you dehydrated? Because my detox program could really take care of that for you. What the fuck? Bro, give me the ball back and stop using that young black kid for clout. Give me the fucking ball. You know, I just feel like you could use some of the attention that your athleticism attracts to get your teammates involved instead of taking these shots that are a little out of your range. Out of my range. Come on, bro. Don't do this shit. Pick a spot, bro. 100 bucks, you can't make more shots than me. Best out of five. Look, obvious that you're an amazing pickup hoops guy, you know? I can tell you have a lot of passion. You got the tattoo of a basketball with the crown on it. I get it. But let's not do this, man. I don't want to take your money. 200. Let's just do 300. It's not my dad's money. In which Jeremy wins. The opening scene to the original is so good. It's really three scenes kind of meshed into one. Like, there's the original pickup basketball scene. There's where you get introduced to Woody Harrelson for the first time. And then they have the shooting contest at the end. This doesn't capture any of the <laughs> magic of the original movie. No, it really doesn't. And, like, I don't know. I thought some of the jokes, like, in it were corny. I think I like those two characters. I thought the one character that was, like, really over the top was uh, the comedian Andrew Schultz's character, who was, uh, what was he, like, his buddy that he owed money yeah, to? Yeah, but, like, he was, like, he was a drug, drug pusher. Drug, yeah. <laughs> That's because, he was a pusher man. Apparently, yeah. he's the only person on planet Earth that had heard of stem cells. Before. Apparently, he's like, hey, there's this new thing. It's low-key called stem. You mean the thing that we've been arguing about in politics since 2002? That's what you just found? <laughs> yeah. I will say, you're right. It doesn't capture the nostalgia. But there is one of my favorite lines in this scene. Because when he's, like, having the little kid go through, like, the drills on Instagram Live before he yells over it, come on. When Kamal yells over at Jack Harlow, hey, stop using that little black kid for clout, I laughed a lot. That was a really funny one little line to me. I don't know why it made me laugh, but it really made me laugh. I also thought, like, you're really good on callbacks in this movie. And I thought the movie, like, constantly was showing a flashback and trying to give the Wesley Snipes character a little bit more depth than maybe we had in the original movie. We then learn in this scene what his trigger is. You mentioned his past. Oh, he's done. Every single time. That's all you literally have to do is mention yeah. something that happened to you 15 years ago, mention your pops in any kind of way. I can throw you off your game every single time. This is the first time that we start to realize that Kamal has a little bit of a trigger and which helps Jeremy win the shooting contest. And, like, I don't know. That's just it's, – it's super predictable. It was telegraphed. We all saw that coming. Like, the minute he started saying it, there were flashbacks. Like, oh, Jeremy's going to win, and this is going to be – you knew in that moment they were eventually going to make that a major plot point later down the road. Our duo is hurting for cash. Kamal is working at a dead-end job with his wife, who's doing hair out the crib. 
Jeremy is training kids at the local community center. We learn about Jeremy's Derrick Rose knees and that he's going to use the money to get stem cell research to get his <laughs> knees fixed. We then meet Gloria, a.k.a. Tatiana. She's a ballerina, not the Jeopardy extraordinaire from the first film, and they're having a nice plate of the finest vegan cuisine. I think the biggest miss in this entire movie was Gloria's character. Yeah, There's I mean, absolutely no reason for Tatiana to be in this movie. She does not enhance the storyline in any way. She yeah. is not in the movie mm -hmm. enough to really be in it. She's nice to look at, very pretty individual. Oh, she, is, she's gorgeous. She's incredibly attractive, but it's a nothing part. We talk a lot about these 90-minute bad movies we watch. They do too much. They're trying to do this storyline and this storyline and this storyline. They're trying to jam 15 storylines into 90 minutes, and it never works because you never get any of the storylines paid off correctly. I think this is where they miss trying to be white man can't jump. If you eliminate Tatiana, if you eliminate her ballerina stuff, if you eliminate the anger she has later in the movie about living in his parents' apartment, if you eliminate all that storyline, outside of her being attractive, the film does not change at all. It might get better. So the Tatiana stuff did not hit for me at all. I would have cut her character completely because outside of what Patrick said, the fact that she's gorgeous, she served no purpose in the film other than to just get it convoluted and added to the stuff i think it only really pays off one time in the entire movie so if you remember in the original whenever woody harrelson buys her the dress so she can go on jeopardy after he loses the money they kind of pay that off a little bit where he buys her the ballerina figurine and then she gets on top of him in a car which is a clear callback to the first one to me that's the only time that i thought her character really paid off every other time she's just nice to look at on screen but she has absolutely no depth to the movie no because rosie perez is such like a big part of the original absolutely. movie and like it's so funny and like, yeah, there's the whole Jeopardy storyline. But, yeah, I mean, like, you're right, Rob. Like, you could totally take out, just remove her character, and the movie would be the same. I actually think it gets better if you remove her character. Because yeah. I think if it's all, if we hyper-focus on Kamal, and this is, again, I'm going to make this point a lot, if we don't call it White Man Can't Jump, and they try to do, you know, the, you know justice to the original. But if you hyper-focus on Kamal and talk about his background and talk about his dad and then the money thing with his wife, and you really hyper-focus on those things with Kamal and make Jack Harlow a backdrop side character, more funny, goofy white dude, I think the movie's better. But instead we had to learn about Jack Harlow's background, and it, it didn't move me at all. We're back at the YMCA, and Jeremy runs into a white IG basketball trainer in the future, number one overall pick. And Jeremy suggests a 2v2 game with the kid that he's training. Jacoby Grant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Played AAU with Malachi. For sure. Hey, yo, Malachi. Hey, nice to meet you too, Mr. Phil. Big fan of yours. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, they say Malachi might be the number one pick next year. So, bro, that's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's good for business, too. Just signed a lease on a Tesla. Got invited to the Hype House. My IG has been popping off, bro. I mean, I got a lot of haters in the comments section, but I think it's mostly just white hoopers who hate to see another white hooper find his lane, feel me? I mean, we don't talk enough about that, bro. Why don't white crime? Like, that's just a disease, man. Hey, man. Yeah. Up against the trainer in the future, number one overall pick. Jeremy almost Sean Livingston blows out his knee, which ends the game. There was a little part in there that, to me, just doesn't really make any sense. Jeremy leaves the two-on-two -two game to then go move his car, and then he comes back to play the game. Like, I understand what they're trying to show. Money is really tight. Yeah. You've already shown me that money is tight. There was no reason for him to leave the two-on-two -two game to go to the car to then come back. I have absolutely no clue why that was in the movie. Yeah, I literally watched that scene, and I thought, like, is there something that I missed dialogue-wise? I was sitting there watching, I'm like, 
is there something he said about his car that I just didn't catch? And I'm like, oh, I must have missed it. I rewound. I rewatched the, the whole scene. I'm like, no, they're just having him go back to his car for the sake of going back to his car. It didn't make any sense. They're also trying to develop this rivalry between that guy and Jack Harlow, which we kind of get paid off later. But, again, who cares about his rivalry? I just feel like that whole scene, I was like, huh, who cares? Yeah, and the guy who uh, wrote this, Kenya Barris, or was one of the writers, like he uh, – like created the show Blackish, and like his TV stuff is really strong and really good. But the movies he's he's written, like his last one, he did the. Did you see the last Shaft with Samuel L. Jackson? Mm-hmm. That was not a good movie. That was really really bad. It's lots of like sitcom corny jokes. Like I don't know when Jack Harlow brings like Hennessy to like the cookout, and he's talking about like how good Hennessy is, and like no one would appreciate it, and no one understands what goes into it. It's like this is such a lame sitcom joke. This is maybe the best way to describe this movie, which, like, this is going to be a real Two Americas talk. You may have seen this show. I know Rob hasn't seen it. This felt like the show Insecure tried to make a sports movie. Okay. That's what this felt like to me. Like, there's not a lot of hip-hop in the first movie. In this, I felt like they tried to put, like, the perfect playlist together, the way that it's shot. Like, the very opening title scene where they kind of do that drone shot and it says white men can't jump. Like, that is a shot they would have used in Insecure. I kept thinking that almost the entire time. Even the two characters, even Renzo and Vince Staples' character, like, they seem like two people that just directly walked off the Insecure set and walked onto the white men can't jump. Yeah. It felt like this movie was in the Insecure universe, but just trying to be a basketball version. You're right. I've never seen Insecure, but I do agree with your point. It did seem like, hey, here's three episodes of a sitcom jammed together. There's the first episode where it's like, you know, we get to know everyone. There's the second episode where we have some troubles and some tribulations. And then there's the third episode where it's we've overcome the trials and tribulations and everyone's happy. It seemed like, you know, you did like a 90-minute ABC special and it's called White Men Can't Jump. I think this movie is better if it's a television show. Like, if this is an eight-episode limited series and it can really dive into the mm-hmm. stuff that you're talking about, yeah, I think this is o- overwhelmingly better. If we get a full backstory on his high school career and kind of what happened and him going to jail, there's an episode about that. There's an episode about Tatiana to kind of develop their character so we can give you some kind of emotional connection. I was thinking that the entire time I was watching it, like, I wanted more of this. I think it would have been better. If this had been an eight-episode limited series on HBO just in one season, I, I think it actually works out really well. Yeah, and we would have gotten more Lance Reddick because that was, like, when the movie first started, I was just like, oh, man, Lance Reddick's going to be, like, this crazy, like, you know, uh, dad and, like, overbearing. And then all of a sudden we just cut ahead, and then he's you don't see him much after that. Maybe to this point, this is one of my fun facts. There aren't many fun facts available on this movie because it's relatively new, but one of my fun facts is they filmed this movie in two months. They started in May. They were done in July. They filmed an entire movie in two months. You can't make a good movie in two months. You just can't. You could probably make a really good TV show, to your guys' point. Just like, you know, hearing stories about how actors, like, you just go on set for 60 days and you pound out, you know, 60 episodes. You could have done that in two months. You can't do a good movie in two months. You just can't. So Kamal approaches Jeremy about playing together in the 2v2 tournament, but in the meantime, they're going to hustle up some cash. Too many white guys. We need to go back to the east side where they won't see you coming. The race is dated, bro. Everybody but you knows white dudes can hoop now. I'll find some marks, get in their heads, throw them off their game, and we'll clean up. I'm great at spotting mental weakness in hoopers, bro. I'm like the P.T. Anderson of basketball psychological warfare. Who is P.T. Anderson? Our greatest living director. Spike Lee is our greatest living director. Spike Lee's not even a good Knicks fan. I knew this was a mistake. 
we get three separate pickup games. So we get the pickup game against the guy who's wearing the trash can little get up. <laughs> yeah. We then get the basketball game with the Ghana flag for the backboard. That's a clear callback to the original where he has to shoot to the backboard so Gloria can go on the set of Jeopardy. And then we get the one that recreates, in my opinion, the best scene of the original movie where... Raymond, is that you? Take that damn mask off. <laughs> no, it ain't Raymond. I think that's the best scene for the original. They recreate that scene with the going to get my other gun, and then but this time he comes out with the flamethrower. I did like the what is this Mad Max line, and the guy comes out with the flamethrower. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a funny joke. That made me laugh. Don't look oh. now, but I think he has friends coming. Uh-uh. His friends. I'm out of here. Come on, girl. He got a flamethrower. Flamethrower? Yeah, flamethrower. What is this, Mad Max? I'll give it that. That did make me laugh. It also was like, it, I enjoyed it because it was so ridiculous. The problem with that scene is, it's in the trailer. So you know it's coming eventually. So if you have watched the trailer for this movie, you're like, here comes the flamethrower scene. It could be funny, but it's one of those moments where they stole that you know originality from us. What did you guys think of the basketball scenes, though, just as basketball fans? I think they were good for, you know, I mean, they weren't, they wasn't like watching LeBron and Wade, but I thought they were filmed in a way where you kind of understood the court, you kind of understood the spacing. It was not the best filming of a basketball movie, but I didn't think, like, this is goofy and not what basketball looks like. I think the original does a really good job of maybe hiding how bad basketball players that Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson can be. Yeah. I don't think the movie did a good job hiding Jack Harlow's character at all. Like, I thought Jack Harlow... Looks like a bad basketball player. Now, Kamal looks like he can hoop. Like, yeah. you really, like, if you were going to sell me that he was the number one player in the country at one point, he's got to look the part. Body's got to look good. He's getting big time dunks and all of those things. I don't think they did a good job selling Jack Harlow. I think some of the scenes were funny, like the one pickup scene where the guy has the glasses on. Yeah. I, I thought that scene was funny. I did like the scene where they're uh, at night playing with the Ghana flag and it's dark. I did like that scene. I liked the first basketball scene. I guess with the whole flamethrower incident, I just, I love that scene in the original so bad. It kind of reminded me of the scene earlier with the shooting scene. Like, those are the two best scenes in the original. I don't really think they paid it enough justice. Yeah, I can see that. It's male bonding time, and Kamal invites Jeremy and his girl to his little man's birthday party, and we meet Lieutenant Daniels, who is now in a wheelchair. That's where we get the Hennessy joke. I know that's not the parole officer coming to the function. What's a little caramel queen, too? The gall. Tatiana's black? The Bonnie Bear concert canceled, huh? Is that why you're not selling water bottles and soap bars? You gonna let him talk about you like that, black man? That's essential work. I'm Imani, Kamal's wife. So nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Hennessy. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite cognacs, you know, so... People have no idea how much care goes into making this such a smooth, warm blend. Like, seriously. And they've been doing it since 1765. I feel like it's slept on. That you love so much from earlier. <laughs> Tatiana tells us that she has a chance to go on tour with SZA as lead choreographer, while Jeremy has a new opportunity, but he can't tell the lady that he's playing ball again on his Penny Hardaway knees. Jeremy gets Tatiana a gift with all his basketball winnings, and they start to dry hump in the car. Fast forward, it's two-on-two time for the coin, and Kamal is falling apart. With flashbacks to his past, our pair begin to argue, and fight breaks out. Kamal goes to the trail spree well on Jeremy. Kamal gets fired over the video going viral. What the fuck was that? You're on another planet out there. What the fuck you talking about, man? You in a pissing contest with that dude because you care so much what people think about you. We just got shit on because you think you're too good to be here, and I care too much about what other people think. 
You know you're the reason we lost, right? When are you gonna be a grown fucking man and get out of your own way? Grown man? Yo, you're 27 years old with two bum knees still trying to make it to the fucking league. And you're a fucking disappointment. Jeremy Girls find out that he has been lying the whole time. This is another small critique I have about this movie. Tiana Taylor is the best actor in this entire movie. She should have been all the time that we spent worried about Tiana. Tiana Taylor should have been on screen more. She has the best scenes in the entire movie, in my opinion. This is to my point about if we eliminate Tatiana as a character, I think the movie gets better because you can hyper-focus on Kamal's character, which includes, to your point, his wife. I spent the entire movie thinking to myself, I don't care about her hair salon. They haven't made me care about her hair salon other than the fact that it is inconveniencing Kamal and it just shows that money is tight for him and they ain't equals when it comes to finances. Other than that, I didn't care about her hair salon. I didn't care about the scene where he's like looking up in the stands and you can see like she's sad because he's losing and like the money isn't going to be right. None of those things hit for me because I don't think they really delved in deep enough. Eliminate Tatiana's character. Get rid of her. I don't need Spider-Man's first love interest in this movie because then we can hyper-focus on Kamal and you can get the real highlights of Tiana Taylor being an elite actress in this film. But this is where I think we're being a little overly critical on this movie because it's not like the first movie really dives super deep into Wesley Snipes' relationship. Like, sure. we get the break-in and she's like, yo, we got to move out of here, but this is why I'm playing for me and my little man. I got the paint thing and the roof thing. So, like... I don't even know if the original they really did, did a good job of like, but this movie's like trying to give you a lot right. of substance with the Kamal. original one gives you very surface level the painting, the gotta move, the little guy. It do, it doesn't try to make it add any depth. This one is trying to add depth to Jack Harlow and Kamal's character, and you're like, either give me depth for one or just keep it surface level for both. You can't try to be a ninety minute. We're gonna get into some deep stuff with two characters movie. This can't be done. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I do think that there was something interesting where they kind of mentioned that, like, Jack Harlow's character is, like, a basketball influencer, but then they mentioned that he has, like, 2,000 followers or something. I think that there could have been something more interesting with, like, the social media aspect of that that they kind of didn't really explore, which, again, they might have been able to do if it was, like, an eight-episode series or something. But I actually do think, Rob, that it pays off that she is a hairdresser whenever Kamal needs the money. Like, money is tight. Hey, I've been saving this money. Like, So she shows him the computer. This is where I want my salon to be. And then later on in the movie, hey, I'm willing to give you $5,000 because I believe in you. Mm -hmm. I believe in your dream. Like, I actually think they do an okay job with Kamal's character where I do agree with you. You got to lean all the way into Kamal's mm -hmm. character. And yeah. the movie doesn't have to be about both of them. Like, I thought the original movie did a decent enough job. Like, I actually don't like Gloria's love story in the first one, but I think it did a good job of, like, really making you feel Gloria. Whenever Gloria left in the first one, you felt it. Like, man, you really did that to Woody Harrelson. And then whenever Wesley Snipes finally got the money so he could move his family out of the apartment, like, the movie made you feel something. I don't think this movie did a good enough job of making you feel something, at least when it comes to Jack Harlow's character. It's because in the first one, we delve, we get the surface level Wesley Snipes stuff, but we delve deeper into Woody Harrelson and Gloria. We learn about the Jeopardy stuff. We learn about how their money's real tight. We learn, we learn Woody Harrelson is actually the, the focal point of the first one. This one, Kamal's the focal point, and that's great, but we get way too much depth from Jack Harlow. It should have been surface level. Hey, his girl wants to do this. Money is tight. He's got bad knees. 
that's basically yeah. what we learned about Wesley Snipes. We didn't need to learn about, okay, well, he's got a drug dealer. He wants stem cell. He wants his <laughs> G League dream. We didn't, we didn't need all of that ancillary stuff. Keep it surface level with one character and go deep on the other. That's what I think made the first one work is we knew about Woody Harrelson. We kind of knew about Wesley Snipes. The worst part of this movie to me, and I actually thought Jack Harlow did a good job. We haven't talked a lot about Jack Harlow. I, I thought Jack Harlow, for the first time acting, I thought he did perfectly fine. Like, I don't have an issue with this character. The scene where him and his girlfriend get into the argument is so bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when they just asked him to be basically Jack Harlow, hey, give some quick one-liners, be kind of quick-witted, yeah. I thought he did really good. You were asking Jack Harlow and the Tatiana character to act in a way that just they're not equipped to do. Like, they, they are not equipped for the crying, throwing shit, Fuck you, I'm leaving. Neither one of them are equipped to do that scene incredibly well. Wesley Snipes and his wife in the original, you would have felt something. Wesley's an incredible actor, one of the best actors of the 90s. Yeah. Woody Harrelson made you feel something. I, I thought that was the worst scene there. They asked Jack Harlow to throw a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. He ain't got that. No, he has He has a great – he's uh, he's Jamie Moyer for a baseball. He can throw a lot of, you know, just – Soft stuff up there, and he can get you through five innings. But you can't have him go be. A, Give me the heater. We need the acting chops. We need you to. We need you to be emotional. The scene where he like storms out and comes back in, and it's supposed to be like this big. Oh man, no, did not hit at all because he can't act. He's a quippy, funny SNL type of actor, not a serious, you know, De Niro type of actor. I actually think Patrick. I think Jack Harlow. If he does another movie, he'd be the perfect friend in a rom com. Yeah, see, that'd be great, because it's like he can deliver jokes, and like he has funny moments in the movie. But yeah, he's not as good an actor as Wesley Snipes or Woody Harrelson. Like This is his first movie. And you're right, I think they, they definitely asked him to do too much. And that scene in particular was hard to watch. It's just like, oh, well, this, just, this is two people acting. Yeah, like if they put him in a movie like Couples Retreat, and he was like, you know, you put him with some more seasoned actors, but like he and his girlfriend are like two of the people that are on the trip. I think Jack Harlow can execute that. I came away impressed with his acting ability here for somebody who had no experience. To your point, both of your guys' points about the actual hardcore acting versus funny, you know, quippy guy. The ensuing scene after the storm out is when he's drunk on kombucha. I don't know. He's he's definitely on something. I actually thought that was his best acting <laughs> of the whole movie. Yeah, but like because the last scene had been so bad, when Kamal comes in and apologizes, he's like, "You made me a meme," and he gets fired. I'm like, again. This is not your lane. This is not where you thrive. You should make Kamal the lead guy. Kamal can actually act. Jack Harlow can't. Let him be the funny guy. But when we had to actually care about his character and get emotionally connected, he couldn't deliver in those moments. It's basketball time at the three-on-three -three tournament, and we didn't really cover it earlier, but there was a fight earlier in the movie where he knocks out somebody. That person then comes back like Birdie from above the rim and yeah. is watching the game mm -hmm. off to the side. Well, the first game in the three-on-three -three tournament isn't going so hot, and Kamal spots his wife getting a phone call. Jeremy then checks in off the bench. By the way, real quick, a three-on-three -three tournament can have a bench player? What kind of lame three-on-three -three tournament is this? <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys can carry a roster of four in a three-on-three half-court game? Yeah. That's lame. I actually think that would actually be allowed just because if an injury happens, like you shouldn't just be completely disqualified from it. I actually think that. My biggest complaint was if there was a prize for a half million dollars, you know the quality of basketball players that would enter that tournament? <laughs> like the quality of yeah. people that would enter. If you told me at Arrowhead they were doing a three-on-three three three outdoor tournament, the winner gets half a million dollars. 
Jacob Pullen would be in that three-on-three tournament. You know what I mean? Like, Kareem Rush would be in that tournament. You would get former NBA dudes, high level. You're not winning no three-on-three tournament with that kind of stakes with two under six five dudes. You need some six eleven, 6'10", or some former NBA sharpshooters to win that kind of cash. Or at the very least, it's like, hey, this these three dudes all hooped at Baker, and they're like 25 right now. You know, they're, they're not going to make the league. They're all at State Farm, but they all hooped at William Jewell. And you know what? They know each other, They're like, and they're going up against the Rust Brothers. It would be like a big event. It would not be, hey, us three, and we got a chance to do it because we're okay, you know, side hustle hoopers. That is not how that would go down. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like, I think the movie, like, in the first one, like, I thought the movie, I actually don't really love the scene to the original movie. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think it's the best basketball season. Like, the culmination of the end to me didn't really pay itself off. But, you know, they were they were talking about a real amount of money. Hey, King and the Duck, it's, you know, $5,000 to enter. Oh, I just got $5,000. You're telling me it's a half a million dollars on the line. The level of competition would just be, you ain't doing it with, you ain't winning that with a dude with two bum knees. That is not what's happening. <laughs> so, in the title game, Jeremy's bad knees make another appearance, and he has to leave the court with an injury. The homeboy for earlier is spouting off, and this time, instead of Kamal being the one to deliver the knockout punch, Jeremy is the one to deliver the knockout punch. He leaves the game, the team wins, while Kamal finds out that his father has passed away. Jeremy dunking at the end of the movie had absolutely no value. (laughs) No value. None. Like, the movie pays it off with the bet. The first one. They bet that he can't dunk. You see that he can't dunk. Wesley Snipes then gets on him for not dunking in the championship of the two-on-two tournament that they're in. They have been setting it up. You can't dunk. You can't dunk. You can't dunk. Eventually, when the movie ends with Woody Harrelson with the big dunk, you're like, yeah, he did it. You knew he was going to do it, but he finally did it. Well, Woody Harrell, or when uh, when Jack Harlow dunks in this one, okay. Like, yeah. you, you've never set up that he couldn't dunk. I mean, we saw in the basketball pickup game montage he did dunk in one of those games already so we knew he could dunk i mean you don't play high level division one you have bad knees and can't dunk he just doesn't dunk a lot the, the dunking that's why i like change the title the white man can't jump thing they pay that off in the idea that he woody harrelson's like i can dunk i can dunk i can dunk and everyone's like nah you can't white men can't jump that's the whole point this one that's not even a storyline. They never at any point talk about the fact that Jack Harlow can't jump. So, again, this just circles back to the original point. Don't call this movie White Men Can't Jump. What did you guys think about the use of meditation in this movie? We haven't talked about it yet. What do you think about it. the use of meditation? I liked it as the fact that Jack Harlow's this goofy, vegan, detox, does a cleanse, you know, find your inner, you know, woosah, all that stuff, as a funny side character that was good to help Kamal, like, center himself and overcome his demons of the past. In that regard, I liked it. I don't know that they used it perfectly, but I did like what they were trying to do with it, so I enjoyed the use of meditation. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. For the most part, it, yeah, it worked for me. Did you have an issue with it? I didn't have an issue with it. It was a lot, though. They went to that well a lot they did go in a lot. the movie. Yeah. It eventually paid itself off. Like, if there's one thing that they built up, two things I would say they built up incredibly well, the relationship with Kamal and his father that I think pays off well in the two-on-two tournament, like, you genuinely felt, and I think some of that was the fact that Lance Riddick died in real life. Yeah. So I, I thought I thought they handled that part really well. I also think they did a good job of his anger has been his biggest roadblock. Mm-hmm. It's what got him out of playing high-level basketball. I thought it did a really good job of paying itself off in the end. Like, 
You know how we always say, Rob, there's normally a good movie in here somewhere, but you had to simplify it a little bit or do this. I think there is a good movie in here. I think there is a potentially great television show in mm-hmm. here. I think they did some things to kind of derail it by trying so hard to, well, we got to have glory in this one. we got to do this. Yeah. In order to call a white man jump, white man can't jump, we have to do these things that you don't need Tatiana's character. Just, hey, we wrote Gloria out. She doesn't fit the storyline that we're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take the concept of white men can't jump, but let's try to make our movie of it. And this movie is about Kamal's struggles. That's what it's about. It's not about his relationship with Jack Harlow. It is about his struggles and getting out of his own way. And that's where I think the meditation paid itself off. It did, yeah. But also, like, I feel like the, the knee thing kind of came and went, too. Like, I don't think that that was handled really well because it's like it seemed like at one point in the movie that he like really really did hurt his knees and then he was just fine to your point about the you know they they pay off some stuff and don't pay off the other stuff i think it circles back it's a fun fact the guy who did this calmatic also did the house party remake which i never saw you said was one of the worst movies i've ever seen (laughs) it was really bad it's one of the worst movies (laughs) i've ever seen (laughs) it seems like he took two classics and tried to just you know you know, wallpaper over him with a 2023 lens instead of making his own thing with both of them. White Man Can't Jump, this version, I think would be viewed critically, would be received better if they didn't call, even if they called it White Man Can't Jump, if they just did their own thing, it seemed like they were trying too hard to be like, we're the original, but kind of different, and that's what I've heard the House Party remake is like. It's the original, but kind of different. Either be different or make the same movie. Don't try to get caught in no man's land. I think the guy who did House Party and this movie has been caught in no man's land. I hated the ending to this movie. Thank you. I hated it so hated much. hated the ending. It wraps up completely too nicely. Stupid. Yeah, like Way perfectly. too nice. Yeah. It, like, everything can't work out. In this movie, like, Tatiana comes back, and now Jack Harlow proposes. Amani gets her salon. Kamal's in the NBA now. He's in the NBA. And Jack Harlow Harlow is a high-level meditation trainer for Tyler Hero. I actually (laughs) like that because it was a reference to one of his songs. I actually (laughs) thought that was kind of funny. Like, he has a song called Tyler Hero, so he was there. I'm with you. But just everybody's life just happily ever after. Like, that's, that's how we, of all the things that you decided to change, it doesn't work happily ever after. In the first movie, like Gloria leaves, and you just like, yo, what's the rest of Woody's life like? Everybody's life just works out perfectly fine. I hated that ending. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind if it's happily ever after, but you can do happily ever after without doing it goofy. If the happily ever after is she gets her salon and Jack Harlow realizes, hey, I'm not going to be a G League guy, I'm actually going to find a career path that's attainable, and Kamal lives a happy life because he's overcome the demons of his past because of his anger issues and what caused him to be what was a former high-level recruit, but now he flamed out and he's okay you know, working at FedEx or whatever he was working at. If that's your happy ending, he's slayed his demons, she has her salon, and Jack Harlow understands his what his role in life is, that's a happy ending and it actually would make sense, but... Suddenly he's training NBA guys. That guy's in the league. Tatiana's on on uh, tour with SZA, and she has the nicest salon in the city. It was it was too happily ever after. You can do happily ever after, but do it within reason. On Rotten Tomatoes, twenty six percent among the critics. Uh, average rating of four point six. The site's critical consensus read quote. Never mind being able to get air. The White Men Can't Jump remake struggles to come up with reasons for its own existence. 
Robert Daniels gave the movie a one out of four, calling it, quote, as unimaginative as it is corny, as dull as it is cheap, as unfulfilling as any cash grab for a well-known property could be. We don't have to go through the categories that we normally would, Rob. I think this, to me, is more of a how would you rank this. To me, a 4.6 is just too low. I think it's a better movie than a 4.6. It does not get close to the 6 range for me. I give this movie a 5.1. I wouldn't tell somebody not to see this. I would never tell anybody to watch House Party. I love the original House Party. I would never say you should check it out. No. But I do think this is a movie that if you like the first one, you should watch it and form your own opinion. Like I kind of think what's happened is, and what happens with like movies in general, it gets shit on so bad by the critics, it then turns people off from watching it and then seeing it themselves. Yeah. That the reviews then confirm what they thought the movie was going to be, and then that becomes their opinion on the movie. Well, I love White Men Can't Jump. I want to watch it and evaluate it for myself. It's fine. It's not a movie that I could see myself watching multiple times. But if I was over Patrick's house and he was like, yeah, it was on TV, I'd sit down and I'd watch it. I didn't hate this movie. It doesn't take away from the original to me. If anything, it really showed me more and more what the original got right. Yeah. The basketball scenes in the original were right. The opening scene, how good it is. Raymond going to my car to get my gun, how well I thought it did the pickup basketball scenes. To me, it makes me love and appreciate the magic they were able to capture in the first one more because they weren't able to capture it with a similar script for this one. I would re-rank this as a 5.1, not anywhere close to being a good movie. I thought this movie was fine. I think it'd be better if it was a HBO eight-episode television show. I agree. I Obviously, 4.6 is too low. I think you're right. The idea that it's called White Man Can't Jump got critics to just crush it, and now it's run people away who were like, I was interested in it, and now they're not. I think it's a little better than you're giving credit for. It's a pretty blah movie. It's like a five and a half. Like, I don't think it's bad. I think you said this earlier. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just whatever. I think it's very blah. It's one of those movies where it's like, I'm happy it's a streamer and not in theaters because I would never, like, go spend money to watch this movie. I'm with you. But, like... I think the movie's a little bit predictable. It's a little bit blah. It's one of those movies where, like, you know, it's a, it's a long weekend coming up. If you're like, hey, I got some chores to do around the house. I got a vacuum. I got to do this. I got to do that. If you have it on in the background, you can't hear it. You're not missing anything like, oh, man, what's happening? I got to pause and stop what I'm doing to see this. It can just be on and it, that level of enjoyment, but you shouldn't rush to sit down and put 90 minutes of your life away to watch this film. It's, it's like a 5.5. Yeah, I mean, I'd just say it's down the middle. I'd say five, five point zero, giving it a five. I think that, yeah, I mean, that's not like a ringing endorsement, but it is one hundred percent a perfect background movie. If you're doing laundry, you're folding shit, you're vacuuming, then yeah, it's like a fine movie to have on. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend anyone to watch it. But yeah, to your point, like if you like the original, then yeah, I would watch it and just like see, you know, compare it to it and see, you know, if anything, like you said, it makes you appreciate the original that much more. That's a really good point, Rob. That if I had paid to go see this movie and saw it in the theaters, be upset. I probably would have left like, yo, what in the world did I just watch? Yeah, especially watch- with that ending. But watching it at home, I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Definitely yeah. changed the way I felt about this movie. That is our review for the modern remake, the 2023 (laughs) version of White Men Can't Jump. We'll get back to our normal formula next week. Happy Memorial Day to you, those of you that are listening on this weekend. Next week, Baywatch is our next movie, Rob. That movie will be out on Tuesday. Just wanted to do this White Men Can't Jump 
uh, review for you guys. Go ahead and like us, review us, do all that stuff the podcast is asking to do. Patrick, man, you know we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. I'll come back for the next uh, Calmatic movie. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>